Yo, 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 what's going on? What's going on? Good people, Pastor LaMarcus here with another episode of Own Your Mark. Man, so excited to be getting on our marks again today. Uh, And man, just really excited about uh, how God has really been maneuvering and ministering in our um, series triggered by the truth. Want to continue to speak on that. We're going to kind of shift a little bit uh, in how we're kind of dealing with uh, this whole idea and this topic. And over the next few weeks, we're going to start talking a little bit more about kind of personal relationships. We'll talk a little bit about marriage. We'll talk a little bit about uh, being single. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about kind of the intricate uh, relationships that we have uh, with with people, friends, things of that nature, and uh, and just kind of take a, uh, a a deeper look at how we can maneuver, live for Christ, do what He's asking us to do, uh, and really uh, just make sure that we're in line with Him today. Today, I want to talk about uh, something that can be a little bit triggering, uh, and I'll I'll make the statement and I'll let it kind of hit, and then we'll we'll kind of discuss. Uh, and the statement I want to make is uh, God is not concerned with your happiness. God is not concerned with your happiness. Now, obviously, that's a little bit of a triggering statement. And frankly, it is an incomplete statement. Okay, it is not fully complete. It is not accurate to only state that God is not concerned with your happiness. It is more accurate to state that God is more concerned with your holiness than he is your happiness. Now, this this is not that unusual. It's not that hard to grasp when we look at it uh, from a different perspective, uh, perhaps from the perspective of a parent. I am more concerned with my child's health than I am with my child's happiness. Uh, in other words, if my child bolts out into the uh, street to stop his ball from going into the street because he enjoys that ball. He has a lot of fun with that ball. That ball makes him happy. Well, I'm more concerned with his health. So I might grab him and stop him and pull him back while that ball rolls out into the street and gets ran over by a car. And that ball is no more. That ball is exploded. That ball is destroyed. And he breaks out into tears. Oh no, my ball, my ball. I really want my ball. I love my ball. It makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. But I'm more concerned with your health. I'm more concerned with you being okay. And that's really what uh, I'm getting at when I, I make the statement, God is more concerned with your holiness than your happiness. It is not that God is not concerned with your happiness any more than I'm not concerned with my son's happiness. I want him to enjoy the ball. I want him to have a good time uh, with, with his toys, but not at the expense of his life. And I think way too often good Christian folk, I think way too often we conflate the idea. We overlook the truth behind some of these things. And we're so focused on our happiness that sometimes we'll miss the call of God for us to be holy because we're way too concerned with being happy. I made this statement in a marriage, uh, in a marriage conference. And I'll never forget because there was a young lady there, uh, that I love dearly and and we're, we're good friends, uh, to this day. But, but I made the statement in a marriage night that, um, God is not concerned with your happiness. He's concerned with your holiness. Uh, and, and tears just well up in her eyes and she just started to cry. And we had an opportunity to really talk through that matter. Um, 
But I don't think she had ever really considered before because in her mind it was, hey, I need to do these things that are going to make me happy. I need to. This is not making me happy. This is not making me happy. And as we really dive, you know, dove into uh, God's call and what he's calling us to, oftentimes his call will not be uh, something that will initially make us happy. Uh, and we'll have to work through that call. We'll have to work through um, being holy to get to the happiness part. Now, th there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people who will will kind of uh, kind of integrate the the definition of happiness and and joy and and things of that nature. I tend to think um, happiness is more about what's happening around you, what's happening right now, how things are going for you currently in this particular moment. So uh, if everything is up, then everything is happy. If everything is down, then everything is sad. Um, but but I want to make a, a little bit of a distinction here between what I'm considering happiness and what I consider joy. Um, joy is that thing that is fixed all right. Joy is not something that is determined by what's going on, but joy is determined by, if I can say it this way, who's going on. Joy is determined by uh, a, a, a fixed set of circumstances uh, and it's not it's not swayed by what might happen in the moment. It's not swayed by what's going on uh, in the interim. No, no, no. My joy is set on Jesus Christ. So even though things might be a little rocky right now, even though I may not understand exactly what's going on, even though I'm having to forfeit something that I think might make me happy, my joy is not set on that thing. My joy is set on Christ. And since Christ is fixed, since he is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore, then my joy can be fixed. I don't have to, to wax and wane. I don't have to waffle. I don't have to go back and forth on being up today and down tomorrow. I'm more fixed. And I think we need to perhaps take a, a, a little more of a interest in the joy side of things versus the happiness side of things, because when we when we focus too much on happiness, then we put ourselves in a position and, and this might be a little controversial, but I'm going to say it. Then we put ourselves in a position where situations become a drug for us. Situations become that thing that we need in order to make it. Situations become um if the situation is good, then I need more of that. I want more of that. If the situation is bad, then I run away from that. Um, I, I, I kind of liken, liken it to um, social media where you see things that people would never say or never do, but but it's become the thing where they need the likes or they need the attention. So that becomes a drug because that's what's making them happy in the moment. And now they need more and more and more and more of that to sustain them. So when we start to seek after happiness, then now we put ourselves in a position where we're really, where, where we are willing to compromise who we are, compromise our walk with Christ, compromise uh, our surroundings, compromise our financial stability, compromise uh, our integrity. We start to compromise things because we need more and more and more of that drug. And we got to be careful with that. However, when we contrast that with joy, now we're not so worried about uh, how this thing is making me feel. We're worried more about where this thing is leading me. We're worried more about who we're fixing our eyes and who we're fixing our mind and where we're fixing our thoughts. And when that thing is set on a constant and that being Jesus Christ, now things around us might not be exactly how we would prefer, but 
we are okay because we have who we prefer. We have that thing that we prefer. So I just want to set a little bit of that background as we we talk a little bit more about this idea of um, happy God, God preferring or God prioritizing our holiness over our happiness, because I think sometimes uh, we tend to lean towards being happy and we'll miss out on all the things of holy. I, I thought about um, happiness in this way. Happiness is sometimes concerned more with the now at the expense of tomorrow. Uh, and the problem with that is it can be very expensive when we when we focus on the now I I need this purse now I need this car now I need these shoes now I need this food now I need this now because it's what will make me happy and now because we need it because it is what we feel to be an urgent need we're willing to give more than what is what we should be willing to give for that thing and it costs us something down the road if I could talk about marriages for just a quick moment. I want to be happy now. I need the house now. I need the car now. Like then all of a sudden we start to compromise things and we start to to introduce negativity and things into the marriage that's going to be a hindrance or a harm or hurt the marriage. If we're single, I, I don't like being alone. I need to feel good now. I want somebody now. I need this now. And then all of a sudden we compromise who we are. We, we accept things below the standard that Christ has called to us and we end up with someone or in a situation that we don't necessarily need to be into because we were trying to be happy in the moment. As parents, we, we may be working too hard to make our children happy now. Give them what they need or excuse me, give them what they think they want now. Let them have, uh, let them stay up all night now. Let them eat whatever they want now. And then it costs them down the road. I never forget uh, with, with my boys, we're uh, we try to be particular on how much sweets and sugar and all of that stuff we let them uh, eat. And I remember uh, when my kids were, were younger, they would want certain things like, no, but it's too late. You can't have cookies. It's too late. You can't eat all that candy. It's going to make your stomach hurt. No, no, they, they don't hear any of that. They want it now. And I remember one day, I don't know if it was a birthday. It was some special occasion. And I was just like, you know what? Go crazy. Enjoy yourself. And I remember um, my son just eating cake or uh, eating cookie after cookie and pieces of candy after candy and he was so happy in the moment and he could not sleep that entire night his stomach was hurting so bad he went to the bathroom so many times it was just on and on and on and he he was so interested in being happy then that it cost him later on and and i know that's a small indication but as we get older in life man this thing becomes bigger and bigger and it means so much and we got to be so careful that we don't forfeit a blessed future that we don't forfeit things to come because we're so focused on the now. And I know that can be triggering because I want to be happy, man. I want to, I want to have this, this feeling, but we got to be careful that we don't prioritize the feeling over God. We got to let God lead. I want to read a couple of scriptures to you. I uh, just kind of in line with what we're talking about, because I think it makes so much sense. Uh, Peter is, is talking uh, to the church that uh, had been uh, experiencing some things and, and there was some scattering that had taken place. And Peter was reminding him, this is first Peter uh, chapter one, verses uh, 13 through 16. Peter was reminding them of what they have in Christ, of what Christ has brought to them and what they're uh, what they now can look forward to. And he says this in verse 13. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope 
on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. There's so much depth in this scripture. And, and really what, what Peter is saying is, listen, before you had the hope of Christ, before you came to salvation, before you understand, understood what he had done for you, it was easy for you to be not alert for you to not be sober for you to to be ignorant in your ways for you to chase after if if I can apply it to our context today for you to chase after happiness at the expense of your future it was very easy for your desires to be away from Christ to be away from what is good to be away from what is holy to be over into I just want to feel good right now I just want to be happy that was easy but now that we know better now that we have better, now that we understand what has been done for us, we don't need to conform to those evil desires. We don't need to conform to those desires that pull us out of and away from Christ. And I will go this far as to say we don't need to conform to those desires that are telling us and calling to us to do what makes us happy. We don't need to conform to those desires, but because we have been called, because we know who Christ is in our life, we don't have to be ignorant now. We can be holy as he is holy. We can pull off those things. We can turn away from those things and we can look to him because we have some great to look forward to. And I think that's what Peter is is trying to get us to understand here, like we have a hope to look forward to. I, I get that, that we might prefer to do this. I get that this might make us feel good in the moment, but we don't want to forfeit all that we have to look forward to. We have a hope now. We have something we can set our eyes on. We can set our minds on. And we know this, Christ did not he, he, God did not withhold any good thing for us so much so that he gave up his son, Jesus Christ, to save us. So we know he will not withhold any good thing from us. So we don't have to fall into the trap of what makes me feel good right now. What makes me happy right now? We can be more focused on holiness. I want to read uh, one, one other. Uh, I want to read something else to you that I think will, will help us with this. Uh, because I think it is so important that we look at it. It's actually uh, the first psalm. It, it opens uh, it opens the psalm up, and it's, it's so cool talking about the blessed man, the blessed one. It says this: uh, "Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way of uh, that sinners take, or sit uh, in the company of mockers." but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaves does not wither and whatever he does prospers. It goes on to say, not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. I, I want to make a distinction here. Because when we read this psalm, it says something very potent and very powerful. It said, blessed is the one. And then it lays out what being blessed looks like. He does not, st not stand, uh, does not walk in step with wicked, does not stand in the way of sinners. He delights in the law of the Lord. He meditates in that law day and night. He's like a person that is planted by the streams of water, which bears fruit. Watch this in its season. Now, why am I highlighting it's saying blessed is the one 
because it doesn't say happy. It doesn't say happy is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. It doesn't say happy is the one that does not stand in the seat uh, of the sinners. And the reason I want to make that distinction is because let's be honest, man. Most of us have been in situations where we've been outside of the will of God. And you know what we felt in that moment? Yeah. Happy. Ooh, this feels good, man. I'm having a great time. Ooh, look at this. And I want to be clear. I don't believe that it's that God does not want us to have a good time. That is not the point. It is how we go about getting to that point. And if the only way we can be happy and go about getting to that point of feeling that elation and that happiness is to be with the wicked, uh, to stand in the way of sinners, to be in the company of mockers, we're missing it. God is saying, no, there's something greater and bigger and higher above that, that there's something greater and bigger and higher above happiness, right? It's called holiness. It's called being blessed. Blessed is the one. And down when it says, uh, who, who shall be this, this person, the blessed person, right? The holy person, the blessed person shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. In other words, you are going to blossom. You're going to bloom. You're going to produce at the appointed time, at the right time. What is the appointed time? What is the right time? In season. Well, what's so important about this whole idea of doing it in season? Because when it's in season, it's at a time where the fruit will not rot. It's at a time where the harvest will be at a time where it can be properly um, properly placed and properly put and properly dealt with and properly handled. God is not going to pour into your life and when you don't have a cup to receive. He's not going to allow fruit to blossom. He's not going to allow the harvest to come when you don't have the storehouses to handle it. In other words, what God is saying is don't worry about being happy. Worry about being blessed because when you do it my way, I'm going to pour it out into you in such a way that when you receive it, you won't just be happy. You'll still have joy. You'll still be blessed. You won't forfeit your future. You won't have given up anything. You won't owe all these other things. It'll be exactly the way it's supposed to be because it'll come in season. It'll come when you're prepared. It'll come when I've prepared you. It'll come when I've built you up. It'll come when I've solidified you. It'll come when I've gotten all the evil out of your way. It'll come when there's nothing that can come against you to take it away from you. So instead of focusing on being happy, focus on being holy. Instead of focusing on being happy, Focus on being blessed because when we're holy and when we're blessed, the happiness, that feeling of elation about winning, about getting the things God had for us will absolutely come. But God won't allow them to come when we're not in a position to receive them. The way we do that, the way we position ourselves, it's laid out right here. Don't walk in step with the wicked. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't be in the company of mockers. Delight in the Lord. Delight in his law. Show him that, Lord, you are my target. You are who I want. You are the one that I am putting my faith, my trust in. You are the one that I want to sit with. And he says, when you do that, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll be able to flourish and grow and produce and bloom and bear fruit when all the other folk who were just just interested in being happy won't be able to because they won't have a stable foundation. They won't have their roots down deep into the waters of the Lord. They won't have their self linked up with the one who is going to provide and bring the increase in their life. They would have been happy for a moment, but sad for a lifetime. And I'm, I'm not speaking that negativity on anybody. I'm saying 
saying the folks who chase after happiness, that comes in a moment and they forfeit so much other things. And God is saying, no, 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 chase after me. I'm the one that ultimately will bless you. I'm the one that ultimately makes you holy. And when you do that, you will have a lifetime of happiness to look forward to because that joy won't be that that happiness won't be based on the situation or circumstances. It'll be rooted in and based in me. And when it's rooted and based in something that is unchangeable, it is no longer happiness based on happenstance or situations and circumstances. It now becomes joy and the joy of the Lord will gird us up and be our strength to carry forth for now and forevermore. I'm telling you, man, this is a huge thing. And it's the thing that we got to make sure that we're not overly fixated on the happiness of the moment. I dare say that every one of us can stop and think for a moment on when we chose happiness in the moment over what God was calling us to do. And if we stop and we think and we're honest, I don't think there's a one of us who wouldn't say we regret it. We have to choose holiness. We have to choose being blessed. We have to choose God. And when we do that, He'll pour out his richest blessings upon us. We will be uh, we will be united to the true blessed one, Jesus Christ, who came to bless us and pour out his life so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Man, listen. I pray that something has been said today that'll be a blessing to you. Uh, again, we are so excited that we get to uh, bring these on your mark podcast. Uh, let us know how we can continue to be a blessing to you. Uh, interact with us on our Facebook page, interact with us uh, via YouTube, Inter go to our church website, uniquelifechurch.org, uh, and just let us know how we can be a blessing to you, man. Uh, and if the Lord is calling you to support us in any way so that we can continue to do these things, uh, we just thank you in advance for uh, all that you are doing. Again, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for getting uh, on your marks with us today as we get on our mark. We can't wait till next time. Until then, know that I'm thinking about you, know that I'm praying for you. God bless you. God keep you. And I love you.